What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we are just two weeks away from the early signing period. We're going to catch up with our recruiting insider, John Garcia Jr., to get the latest across the SEC. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Uh, today's episode is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helping you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's welcome in our buddy, our recruit expert here on the Locked On Network. He is John Garcia, Jr. John, welcome in, man. Haven't talked to you in a while. It's getting close, the early signing period. Yeah, and there's nothing to talk about, right? There's no players on the move or anything. It's it's very quiet in college football world. Well, let's start here, John, because the, the transfer portal officially opened on Monday. Hundreds and hundreds of names have already entered the portal. When we talk just the SEC, give me a couple names that may have surprised you, uh, some big names, guys that entered the portal already. Well, you got to start at the quarterback position, right? Um, certainly, uh, there were some big-time battles and and some spot starts that these guys uh, had in 2022. But looking to move on caught me by surprise, at least to a degree. I mean, Luke Altmaier at Ole Miss, I thought, had a lot of potential in-state kid. Uh, so you just assume that those players have more aptitude to stick around and, and continue to battle, especially given how the, the season ended for Ole Miss. And, and look, he was in that battle with Jackson Dart all the way into the season. So you wondered if he would kind of kick it back up again and say, hey, let's battle in the spring and then maybe make a decision. So the, the timing of his caught me by surprise a little bit. Uh, and then Malik Hornsby at Arkansas, uh, just a dynamic athlete, my goodness, just as fast a, a player with the ball in his hands as we have in the SEC or beyond. Um, I thought he did interesting work in, in relief of K.J. Jefferson, and obviously Jefferson has been there a long time at Arkansas, so you wonder how the future of that program looks. So I thought that was a bit surprising uh, in its own right for Hornsby to, to leave at this time. He'll have no shortage of interest, whether it's as a quarterback or kind of a gadget uh, type player. And I thought South Carolina had some interesting departures. Jaheim Bell, I mean, he's a fun, talk about a do-it-all athlete, tight end, running back, H-back, whatever we want to call him, receiver, um, really fascinating physical skill set, very good with the ball in his hands. He will have no shortage of interest as well. One of the later entries I saw uh, on Monday. But yeah, it was it was wild, right? You're talking hundreds. I think it hit a thousand FBS players at one point uh, in the portal in one day. So yeah, um, those departures were big, but every school was hit. I mean, Alabama lost starting offensive linemen. Yeah. You know, JV and Cohen, I, I thought that was a bit of a surprise. Uh, Tommy Brockermeyer, a promising young offensive lineman. JoJo Earl, who had playing time as a slot, that, that was all surprising on the Alabama front. Uh, so yeah, everybody sort of uh, dealing with the same issues uh, surrounding the transfer portal. So we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, it is uh, it is crazy. You mentioned quarterback. I mean, there were a few other ones. Zach Calzada, who was at A&M, or A&M who yep. went to Auburn. He's back in the portal. Haynes King, who 
you know, won the A&M job the last two years. He's in the portal because uh, obviously Connor Wegman, the future looks pretty bright there with him at A&M. Yeah. But uh, the ones that surprised me, how about Vanderbilt? Mike Wright was a guy that Vandy brought to That's SEC media days, and he lost a starting job to A.J. Swan. They won it back and looked good down the stretch. And Ray Davis who was their leading rusher this year at Vandy. He was fourth in the SEC in rushing this year. So a couple of good Vandy players out there as well. So it really is crazy. And we'll say this just as a disclaimer, John, just because you put your name in the portal doesn't mean you're definitely leaving. I right. Think, I, think, I think some kids might be using this. You tell me what you think. Some kids could be using this as leverage for NIL deals at their current school, right? Absolutely. Because those – so when, when you put yourself in the portal, you're opening up the communication lines with other schools. But of course, the school you're at can absolutely take advantage and, and catch up with you once once more or twice more after that point. So, yeah, I, I think that's a very good point. It, it's one to, to use it as leverage, but two, maybe you jumped in and thought that the pool wasn't going to be as just diluted as it is right now, even if you are a gadget type player, we mentioned Hornsby in particular, even if you have a specific skill set, odds are there are a handful of other players at the same level that offer something similar. So I think there's going to be a group of prospects who jump in, look around and say, oh, um, maybe I'm not going to grab that starting spot I thought I was, or I don't want to go down a level to the G5 or to the FCS. Let me jump back in with my school if they'll have me. I do think we'll see some of that. Uh, you mentioned Jaheim Bell already, and he was kind of a shocker. He was a guy who you know, he voiced his displeasure a few weeks ago at South Carolina, saying he felt like they were underutilizing him. He got utilized a little bit more in these big wins over Tennessee and, and Clemson in recent weeks. And Spencer Rattler obviously has changed his whole dynamic, looked like a, a much yes. better quarterback. But Jaheim Bell's in the portal. Dominic Lovett, third-leading receiver in the SEC at Missouri. He's Another in the one. portal. Um, Trey Sanders, the running back from Alabama, is in the portal. I mentioned those three because I've already seen – all three of those guys kind of have some connections possibly to Deion Sanders at Colorado. How yep. much does this change things with Deion at Colorado? It sounds like, man, he's open for business. Open for business is an understatement, right? He told the current Colorado roster, hey, thank you for sticking it out through a, what, a one-win season, but most of you will not be here when when we actually play again. You know, being that blunt, I, I thought was you're going to take that one of two ways. It's going to motivate you to stick it out, or you're going to leave a little bit quicker than you might have already planned to. And on top of that, they've already dropped, I think, seven high school commitments. They've called them up and said, hey, you know, the previous staff offered you. We do not uh, align with those those views of your game. So why don't you go ahead and look around? I've seen seven Colorado decommitments. So open for business is a, a true understatement with Deion Sanders. And you just know, whether it's the portal, high school recruiting, and certainly a combination of both, Great talent will be on the way to Colorado. And, yeah, some of these players absolutely are are worth keeping an eye on. Trey Sanders tweeted Dion right when Dion got the job. Hey, you got room for me? I mean, that's the type of pull and galvanization that Dion Sanders creates from both a, an on-field standpoint, a development standpoint, and let's be honest, a marketing and NIL standpoint. He's He's mastered it about as well as anybody could have before all of this stuff was in place. So imagine now with more resources what he could do for, for the next wave of talent. That will be fascinating to watch for everybody, not just folks uh, on the West Coast. Yeah, and it's just funny, the dynamic. Dion's up there Colorado. He's not in the SEC, but he's gonna his impact will be felt in the SEC because I think he's going to yes. get a lot of these kids looking up there. Uh, one more this segment, uh, John. Um, 
how surprised were you by Kayshawn Boutte's announcement that he's staying at LSU? Apparently, this looks like NIL very much at work. They're taking care of him. Good for him. But I couldn't help but think Shelton Sampson, one of the best wide receivers in this class, already committed to LSU. If you look at it, Boutte's coming back with Malik Neighbors. You know, does that maybe make him go? Well, question his decision to go to LSU. It just kind of when guys start announcing they're coming back, the domino effects for the recruiting has an effect as well. Yeah, that's a great point. That will impact a lot of players uh, ahead of National Signing Day in two weeks, which is, to me, interesting with why you open it up December 5th, a full two weeks before signing day. There's going to be a lot of kids that think that they have a shot at, at one school that maybe they won't once that school picks up a portal player or two. But yeah, I was absolutely floored uh, by Keyshawn's decision. Everything optically had the the makings of this is an NFL departure, right? Uh, he was was in and out of the lineup early in the season. He had a child. And then after that, the production wasn't great. Uh, obviously, he had the nice uh, TD in the SEC title game. But relative to what we thought, we thought this was a Bolitnikoff award winner waiting to happen. That didn't play out. So that's usually grounds for either transferring or going into the NFL draft and relying on that 2021 tape and your overall skill set. He did neither, and, and he's sticking around at, at LSU. So, yeah, NIL is probably a huge part of that, especially with, with uh, another human that he is responsible for. Uh, and, yeah, I think it increases the prospects at LSU, right? Overachieved in year one under Brian Kelly, and a lot of offensive talent looks like it's coming back. So they'll be, uh, they'll be the team to beat in the West and, until proven otherwise. All right, hold it right there. We'll get to more with John Garcia Jr. in just a second as we look ahead to the early signing period coming up in two weeks. But this uh, episode is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. Of course, uh, LinkedIn these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates. That's why you need, need to go check out our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the right people for your team faster and for free you add your job and the purple hiring frame to your linkedin profile to spread the job the word that you're hiring they got simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire it is linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helping you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college go post your job for free terms and conditions apply Continue our conversation with our buddy John Garcia, Jr., our recruiting insider here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And, John, two weeks from today is signing day. Any surprises you think could be coming in these last two weeks? Oh, absolutely, right? I mean, it's it's recruiting. It's recruiting. You you can't uh, throw the word lock around these days. It's, it's all about uh, what actually happens on signing day, of course, Last year, we had one of the biggest stunners we've ever had with, with Travis Hunter playing for Dion and Jackson State over that long-time commitment to FSU. So maybe not something that drastic, but there is some buzz with the number one player in, in this year's class for us. Dante Moore uh, committed to Oregon, the quarterback. Uh, Kenny Dillingham left Oregon, the OC, uh, for the Arizona State job. So other schools are circling back on, on Dante Moore. You wonder if um, Michigan, Michigan State, maybe AM can get involved there. So it could be a surprise if, if something happens in that regard. But of course, you know, the, the big boys are getting ready to close here, right? Georgia is, is doing an incredible job down the stretch. They just landed Samuel and Pemba. They're in the running for two more elite pass rushers in Mateo Oyangalale from LA, as well uh, as Damon Wilson from Venice High School uh, in Florida. So 
Georgia's going to finish very strongly on the defensive side of the ball and at the pass rushing position. The number one pass rusher available is Keon Keeley, former Notre Dame commitment, both Alabama and Florida in the mix there. I think the Crimson Tide staff feels the most confident going into uh, that home stretch. Um, and then, of course, the flip game is going to be really big, right? There's a lot of recruits uh, either from SEC country or committed to SEC schools that are still very much on the bubble. I, I look at Dante Dowdle, the, the number one running back in Mississippi, longtime Oregon commit, but both Ole Miss and Mississippi State are very much uh, pushing for a, a flip there. So I think that's one uh, to keep a, a very close eye on. And there's several other prospects in, in that light that are, are going to make a, a flip here before all is, is said and done. Looking at Hugh Freeze and that new Auburn staff, I think they're going to be able to participate in the flip game as well. They just hired uh, the O-line coach from Ole Miss. So Bryson Sanders, their top uh, verbal commitment, is, is getting pressure to flip to Auburn. Uh, they're on the verge of flipping Colton Hood, the Michigan State defensive back commitment from Georgia as well. So I think Hugh Freeze and company are going to hit the ground uh, running in, in that regard as well. So it should be a fun finish. Uh, a lot of, of big names out there. David Hicks, the AM commitment, has flirted with a lot of schools. Oklahoma, Oregon, um, Alabama, among others. Uh, so it's it's going to be a, a photo finish as it always is. But your Georgias, your Bamas, uh, your AMs of the world are, are in position to finish relatively strong. And I should mention Florida and LSU as well, with Desmond Ricks still out there, easily the top uncommitted cornerback recruit in the country. Yeah, that's where I wanted to go next because I saw some people crystal ball, you know, predictions. Oh, he's going to go to LSU. Yeah. But I understand he had a really good visit with the Florida Gators over the weekend. He was tweeting all about it and all that. So, uh, you know, Corey Raymond and the Florida Gators may be making a push there for Desmond Ricks. Yeah, let's not sleep on Corey Raymond, right? I mean, how, how, that should never be a thing when he's recruiting a cornerback uh, like like Desmond Ricks is. I think even before he reclassified from the 24 class to this class, the class of 23, Florida was going to be heavily in the mix. And the pressure for them to keep the IMG Academy star in state, I think, increased in recent months when Miami beat them out for Cormani McClain, the other top DB in the state of Florida. So there's a lot of pressure for Florida to win this Desmond Ricks recruitment. Uh, I think both LSU and Alabama are going to be formidable opponents here down the stretch. LSU's held the most buzz since that reclassification, and it's still probably leaning in that direction. But I think Florida absolutely closed that gap and probably overtook Alabama in the end for Rick. So this could be an LSU Florida battle, which would be very fitting for a, a Corey Raymond target here down the stretch. Yeah, it's it's going to be so fun. I love seeing the SEC schools go at it and who can provide the best opportunity. And oh, by the way, there's always the NIL stuff lurking as well. Yes. Uh, I want to touch yes. on this because there was an article I saw written today about uh, Nico Yamaliva, the, the quarterback going to Tennessee. And, you know, some people saying, oh, could, could somebody pull him away? We've already heard about the reported possible deals that he has in Tennessee and all that. It feels pretty strong with Hendon Hooker on his way out. Joe Milton getting an opportunity here to play in the Orange Bowl and kind of show what he can do. But in your mind, like, is can Nico come in there and start from day one next year? Or are you kind of expecting uh, the role with Joe Milton next year and kind of groom Nico to be the guy down the road? Yeah, that's, that's the million-dollar question. I, I do think from a skill set perspective – Nico Iamaliava, the moment he steps foot in college football, will be among the 10 to 12 most talented passers in the entire sport. The arm talent, the athleticism at 6'6", is that crazy for him? But 
He's slender. He's coming from California uh, where, you know, his level of competition wasn't quite what other quarterbacks have dealt with at, at bigger um, conferences and, and platforms. So I do worry about that transition. I, I'm very curious to see how it goes for him in the spring relative to SEC speed. And, and look, when you're talking about Tennessee, it's tempo. You're going right now. So that assimilation into Josh Heupel's offense, I think, is going to be tough for any high school quarterback to come and, and hit the ground running as a true freshman. That said, you know, Milton's had a bunch of chances here uh, at Tennessee and, and previously at Michigan. Everyone's waiting for him to show off-speed stuff. The fastball is is crazy. Biggest arm in the country, maybe. But can he gear it down and go off-speed? And then ditto for him with the tempo, not being the known as, as the twitchiest quarterback athletically compared to a Hendon Hooker. How does that affect how Tennessee either assimilates to Joe Milton or Milton assimilates into, into that offense now that he could be QB1? So I think that'll be a great battle, pros and cons either way. But um, with those two arms, uh, yeah, Tennessee won't stop pushing the ball down the field regardless of, of who the guy is uh, come next year. All right, one more segment with John Garcia Jr. Coming up next, we'll touch on the players declaring early and uh, where their uh, uh, you know holes are going to be created for recruits uh, coming up on this early signing period. But first, uh, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest odds and trends for every pro and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer, esports. They got it all covered over at BetOnline.net. All these bowl games about to get started, you want to make sure you get over to BetOnline, get all the information you need. And let's face it, when Wyoming's playing Ohio, it's not the sexiest matchup, but when you uh, are getting bet online involved and uh, you got something on the line, it makes it that much more interesting. Always the fastest and easiest way for you to get your betting fix. Head on over to their website today. You can do so on your mobile device. Learn more. It is bet online, and it is where the game starts. One more segment with our buddy John Garcia Jr., our recruiting insider here on the Locked On Network. And, John, let's get into some of the guys declaring and, and what – holes this opens up in the recruiting world Anthony Richardson just declared this week for the NFL draft at Florida and you know a lot of people are saying maybe he should have come back and got one more year of experience but look when all the scouts are still saying you're a first round pick you got to go while the getting's good um but we hear the unfortunate story this past week with with John Kitna's son and what's going to happen there and, and you know who knows but uh where, where does that leave Florida at quarterback? I know they're bringing in Jaden Rashada. Are, are they going to be all in Rashada next year, or should they be looking <laughs> around the portal? I know Jack Miller, the, the Ohio State transfer, came in, but where does Florida go at quarterback? Yeah, they've got to hit the portal. I, I think in this day and age, you've got to have – if you have inexperience on your roster, which Florida, of course, will have at that position, you've got to have two to three arms in the race. Uh, and, and no disrespect to some of the underclassmen on that roster. Yeah, I think it'll be Rashada – I think it'll be Jack Miller and then portal quarterback X. Of course, there are a lot of great arms already uh, having declared for the transfer portal. So there's no shortage of options there. But what's interesting to me, Chris, is Jack Miller and Jaden Rashada. Both of them uh, can absolutely play in the pocket, uh, different levels of arm talent between the two of them. But neither is known as this let's design a run for him type of dual threat. I think Rashada can move, but that's not his game. That's not his forte in terms of running the football that way. So if they do hit the portal or when they do hit the portal, I'd look for them to take a more uh, physical dual threat. Maybe Spencer Sanders type of quarterback that's out there 
who has a, a bit of a similar skill set, uh, closer to Anthony Richardson than than a pocket passer. Although, of course, Richardson about is about as freaky as it gets athletically, which is, I think, another reason why uh, he declared he will absolutely rip up the combine, provided uh, he is healthy. But yeah, it, it's a total reset in Gainesville, and, and with that type of offense especially with the the holes that they're going to present at wide receiver. Um, the running game is going to be good. We know that with, with ETN and Johnson coming back. But how that receiver room looks relative to the quarterback will be fascinating because obviously in this day and age, you got to score points. Speaking of quarterbacks, th- this really intrigues me. Georgia and Alabama were the preseason favorites this year. We know Georgia's going to go play for a, a, a championship. Uh, both of them are going to be losing their quarterbacks. We expect Bryce Young's going to declare for the draft. Stetson Bennett, I think, has used up just about all his eligibility. He'll be moving on finally <laughs> at 25 years, old, 25 years old. But, you know, you got Carson back. You got some other guys, uh, Brock Vandergriff at Georgia. And then Alabama, you got Jalen Milrow. You got some other pieces. But, man, those feel like two spots where prime position to go get a proven quarterback from the portal. Does Alabama or Georgia look to the portal and say, hey, come here on a one-year rental. Let's go win a title. I think George is a little bit more stable uh, with Beck. I, I think there's so much experience there. The skill set fits relative to what Stetson Bennett has been able to produce over the last few years. And they've got some talent behind him that that has a little bit more athleticism in their bag with Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton, some of these other quarterbacks. At Alabama, it's fascinating to me. Uh, total inexperience behind Bryce Young. Milrow got his shot a little bit this year. Athletically, you love it. Everything else, you're, you're waiting for more. Ty Simpson is kind of similar, right? He hasn't had that same opportunity, um, but is known as as a quarterback who can absolutely move in and out of the pocket. So I think Bama feels like it's a little bit more inclined uh, towards potentially hitting the portal. We've seen them do that in the past to a degree. Uh, I remember Jake Coker coming in from Florida State, and they won a national title with with him a long time ago. So. I think with the amount of talent at that quarterback position, some of the surprising quarterbacks nationally that jumped into that portal, think of a Devin Leary at NC State, DJ Uyangale at Clemson, Spencer Sanders, who I mentioned earlier, guys with a ton, multiple years of experience and some athletic ability uh, beyond that. I think that's something that uh, Alabama should look into uh, before all is said and done. And knowing Nick Saban, he will absolutely vet every option he has to to upgrade his quarterback room. I should mention they do have two quarterbacks committed in this class of 23, uh, Dylan Lonergan and Eli Holstein, both of them elite 11 type uh, quarterbacks. Uh, Lonergan's a great uh, baseball player as well. So they do have some some depth coming from a volume standpoint, but yeah, inexperience will be a huge deal for Bama. I could see them trying to buck that in the portal. And JT Daniels back in the portal if Georgia wants to bring him back and you wow. know, take over for Stetson <laughs> Bennett. Uh, certainly an option. Some other names declaring for the draft. Uh, Drew Sanders, linebacker at Arkansas, had a tremendous uh, run there for them all year. But both of Auburn's defensive ends, Colby Wooden and Derek Hall, both declaring for the draft. And that just got me thinking, man, if you're a stud defensive end recruit in the South, I mean, wouldn't you be calling Hugh Freeze right now and saying, hey, man, perfect opportunity for me to step right in and start as a true freshman? Um, What kind of job is ahead here for Hugh Freeze in trying to retool this Auburn roster and really hit the ground running next year? Yeah, right. You don't have the time you used to be afforded in in the rebuild, right? You want to see some traction year one, right? And, and look at what this year has taught us, right? Sonny Dykes at TCU, Lincoln Riley at USC, Brian Kelly at, at LSU. You don't have the time to to slow build anymore. It, it seems like that's a product of 
yesteryear. So, yeah, I, I think across the board, Auburn is going to be kind of like Dion said, open for business. I think that roster will be totally overhauled by Hugh Freeze. We know the recruiting precedent that comes with him from a high school standpoint. You factor that in with NIL and, and you feel like he could absolutely take advantage. And then, of course, the portal. That's going to be a huge factor for the Auburn Tigers. And when you when you when you talk about the ability to to have success in year one at a high level, the portal has to be a big reason why. We, we saw that at the schools we just mentioned that that are, are playing important games late in the season. That has to be a big part of it. Um, but, yeah, that pass rushing group at Auburn is going to be fascinating. Already, That was already a, a, a curious point for Auburn this year, depth in the pass rushing room, uh, and now both of those guys are gone. So a total overhaul in that room will probably be a microcosm of, of how Freeze has a tough task ahead of him overhauling that roster. But – you're in the SEC West. You're playing marquee opponents every single week. That will be an easy sell for a defensive end outside of that SEC bubble. So, again, I expect them to, to hit both elements very hard, and Auburn will look and feel plenty different in 23. Is John Garcia, Jr., our uh, recruiting insider here on Locked On SEC. John, thanks so much for the time, man. I know we'll be talking a couple more times here in the next couple weeks as we get closer to signing day and, of course, after signing day to talk about what happened across the SEC. We'll talk to you again soon, man. Sounds good, Chris. Thanks for having me on. All right, that's John Garcia, Jr. Again, brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs taking care of you, getting you set for, uh, particularly heading into the new year. If you got a small business and you need to do some hiring, Head over to our friends at LinkedIn Jobs and uh, LinkedIn.com slash College. We'll take care of you. Thank you guys so much for making Lockdown SEC your first listen every day. Now go check out the Lockdown Sports Podcast uh, Today podcast. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, plus big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Lockdown SEC.